You are listening to Bright and Bubbly with Tori and Elizabeth. Today is all about the Enneagram. So if you aren't familiar with it, buckle up because we're about to take you on an adventure. And if you are very familiar with it, like myself, then I hope that this is just a great conversation that you're able to enjoy and maybe learn one or two different things. Um, We are not experts, but I really enjoyed diving in and learning so much about the Enneagram and uh, so and talking to Tori about it. We have different perspectives on it. So I'm excited for what we're about to dive into. So we're not going to tiptoe around this one or do anything that's going to um, make this long. So here we go. What is the Enneagram? Hmm. The Enneagram, which is broken down with Ennea equals nine, and gram is a diagram. So basically, we're talking about a nine types map. Um, On the Enneagram, there are nine types that you can identify as. And so this is... um, more than just a personality test or anything like that. Um, it's a tool. It's a tool that I've used in my life and I know many people who have used it as well. So let me read you just a little description about the Enneagram. The Enneagram um, accurately and clearly describes why you think, feel, and behave in a particular way based upon your core fears and core desires. Your motivations are a huge part yes. of the Enneagram. The power of the Enneagram is the ability to harness and transform life-limiting behaviors into life-enhancing personal empowerment. So that's just mind-blowing to me, but it actually can be that way for some people. The gift of the Enneagram is is that through self-discovery, one can create and sustain meaningful and lasting relationships with with others and God and and themselves. Um, I find this to be such a tool for us personally. Mm -hmm. Um, There are people who could use it as a weapon or could use it as a tool. The best way to use it, of course, is a tool (laughs) Um, for even just yourself. So there's misconceptions and things about the Enneagram. Um, It is not a new thing. It's been around for a really long time. Um, It is both a Christian and secular world aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not just the Christian um, group that is into the Enneagram and it's not just the secular world. Uh, It's been um, in both for a long time. Uh, Originally, I think the South picked up the Enneagram more than the North did. Mm -hmm. Um, And Tori and I are from the North, so it took a little while for it to get to us, but we heard it through podcasts and stuff like that. So at least that's how I heard it. Tori, how did you hear about the Enneagram first? Yeah, for sure. Through a podcast that I listened to. And it's almost like sometimes when like things are like a fad, I'm kind of like, no, 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 I'm not going to drink the Kool-Aid. And I just kept hearing the word, the Enneagram, and the Enneagram. And so finally one day I was like, okay, what is this all about? Let me just figure it out. Let me just see what it is. Uh, So I looked it up and I took like the Enneagram test and I guess the rest would be history. But um, that's how I like heard about it first was like through a podcast because no one else around me knew about it. Um, And yeah, I was like, hey, guys, have you heard about the Enneagram? But yeah, well, it was it was really you and the same podcast that I I learned about the Enneagram from. And it was interesting because at the time of learning about the Enneagram, my sister, who was at, away at college, was learning about it like the exact same like oh, week. Oh, that's so cool. And 
neither one of us got a chance to talk about it. And so I was like diving into it separately than her. <laughs> yeah. And the way I was going about it was really slow. And she like actually took a course on it and all these oh, different wow. things like right away and then forgot to tell me about it. And I was like, when I found out, I was like, how could you not have told me more about this? Right. Like, it's that cool to me. Um, and I like what you said about the fad thing, because when I first looked into it, I was like, okay, is this like, what is this? Yeah. Because there's a diagram for the Enneagram. And at first I was like, this isn't cultish, right? This isn't like something crazy. Like we're not talking like wacko stuff, are we? (laughs) And so I looked into it. And then there are some people who literally make it their life. Or there's some websites that um, it's very spiritualized and Mm -hmm. It's almost becomes like a religion type thing. So you have to have a balance just yep. with like everything. Um, I love the Enneagram. I will straight up say, tell you that to begin with. I love the Enneagram. I love what it's done for me. It has taught me a lot. I've learned a lot about myself, about others, and about God through it. Mm-hmm. That being said, it's just a tool. It is not my life. It is not supposed to be your life. And mm-hmm. it does not replace God's word. It does not replace other things. It does not replace talking to people or learning about them personally. Yeah. Because there is something where, like, if you were to tell me my your number, Tori, there is so much that I instantly know about you. But that should not stop me from still having mm-hmm. a relationship and getting to know and understand you. Yeah. And so sure. it's a tool that can go beyond a conversation, and that's helpful, um, or fill in context. But you, you just like a tool, it fits certain situations. In other situations, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so. I think we should talk about the, the nine different types, or like at least name the nine different types for right. the people listening. Yeah. So I'm going to do something that totally – Threw me off the first time I heard it, but I'm going to introduce you the numbers kind of out of order. Yes. Um, uh, when people explain the Enneagram, there are nine numbers and you could go one through nine and it is not a rating system of like, oh, you know, I'm one closest to best. 10 or yeah. one is the best or nine is the best because it's closest to 10. Um, but I'm going to talk to you first about the eight. So the eight, when explaining the Enneagram, it helps an eight to really hear about themselves first. And it really bothers the last number, which is the seven, when they're not first, but that's okay. Um, An eight is the protective challenger. Um, They come in male or female, and they tend to be strong and confident. Um, You have the next number is a nine, which is your peaceful mediator. Um, They can, uh, when it comes to the numbers on the Enneagram, uh, there's a couple different words that can describe each number. Mm-hmm. So even when I talked about the eight being a protective challenger, there's other aspects of that eight. Now there's other aspects of the nine being a peaceful mediator. But these are really good just to get you... Tipping points. Tipping right? points mm-hmm. to just get into it, like dip your feet into it. And um, there's more to it. So you don't want to feel like you're, oh, I'm just, I'm a nine, so I'm just a peaceful mediator. No, there's so much more to it. So now let's continue on. So we've gone through eight and nine. One is your moral perfectionist, um, also known as a reformer. Uh, they're your people who look at things and want to have the best. So it's really cool how that works. Um, twos are your supportive advisor or your helper. Threes are your successful achievers. 
Uh, fours are your romantic individualists. Five is the investigative thinker. Six is your loyal guardian. And seven is the entertaining optimist. So I really talked mo- mostly about the eight and the nine, but each number has some amazing attributes to them. Mm-hmm. And they don't just sit in those numbers. So unlike other personality tests that if I was to take, like there's one I love called Strength Finder and it tells you your strengths. It tells you five strengths and you focus on those things. Um, in Myers-Briggs, it tells you your acronym of EFN. B-G-Q-R-S. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and it tells you, and then that's who you are. With the Enneagram, it is way beyond that. It is so diverse and dynamic. I would have to say dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, that you don't actually get put into a box quite as much as you would think. Um, and that opened up my eyes to it. And so I know that, Tori, you said it was a fad. Mm-hmm. And, like, did you initially, what was your thought about these nine types? Did you feel like it put you in a box? So I, so I took the test and it came out as a, uh, two, I'm the helper, um, or I identify as a helper. And at first, you know, I like got on Pinterest and I was like, oh yeah, this is awesome. You know, discovering things. But, um, the more and more, um, I got into it or like opened up and like said, talk, started talking about the Enneagram. I just kind of felt like the views from others were like, okay, you're a two, so this and this, that means you're this and this, and this is how you should feel because you're a two, and this is how you should act because you're a two. And um, even in quarantine, I think I saw something about, and I think it was on social media, but it was like twos uh, during quarantine should feel this, that, and the other. And I was like, I don't feel that way and I identify as a two. So is there something wrong with me? Um, But as I like discovered it and like got into it, it kind of was like for me, I kind of was a fad for me. Faded in, faded out. (laughs) But okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So you felt like instead of it being a tool that was helpful, it became something that was more restrictive or something that you could see people using against or for you yeah there are like aspects of like that I like so like when you are in an area of growth you move towards a a number and Mm -hmm. then when you're in an area of stress you move towards another number so I like that aspect of it um but other than that, yeah, I definitely felt more like I was put in a box. So, you know, when talk of like the Enneagram would come up, I would just be like, yeah, I identify as this, but I'm so much more than a number. And like yeah. that may, you know, because sometimes I'm like, well, if I don't feel that way, am I really? Or I've had, you know, people say, well, I don't really think you're that number. What about? And I'm like, well, I'm not really a number. I'm just who I am. This is just yeah. me. And, um, so the Enneagram, like you said, is like a great tool. And some people, that's the tool for them. And then for others, I think you may need a different tool. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that's good because I do know of a friend who likes Myers-Briggs more than the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. And I look at her and go, okay, cool. I'm glad that you got answers in it in a different way and that made it click for you. Yeah. There's so many things I want to respond to what you said, though, too, because... Um, because I do like it so much and it's done so much for my life that like I can understand every aspect that you're coming from because here's, here's where I talked about it being, um, 
a tool or a weapon. Because it can be a weapon when someone tries to start to put you in a box or tries to start figuring out and, like, manipulate things because of what you are or not Mm -hmm. are. Um, And there's so many dynamics to the Enneagram. So um, if you are not familiar with the Enneagram, I would encourage you to look it up. It's spelled E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. And there is a diagram that will help you understand what I'm about to talk about right now. So in the Enneagram, you have a number that you identify with, but it is next to two other numbers. That is considered your wings. And so I identify as a seven. So I identify as the entertaining optimist. And I happen to sit in between an eight, which is that challenger, and a six, which is that loyal guardian. And I will have attributes and aspects of those two numbers. So Tori, since you identify as a two, you're in between a one and a three. Mm -hmm. So you can potentially have parts of that moral perfectionist from the one and successful achiever in that three. And you can pick up on those things. So instantly you're not just one number. You have attributes of the other one. And it is said that as you get older, you pick up more things um, from both wings instead of just one. So naturally I would identify as a seven with a six wing, but I've seen where I will choose to use my eight wing to help me to accomplish some things. And then at the very same time, you also can go to a stress number and a growth number. Uh, Tori, your stress number happens to be four and your growth happens to be, um, eight, right? Mm -hmm. Or no, opposite. I think it's opposite. It is. And, and it's on the recording. Look at that. See, even me, who's done it a million, right. million times, may make mistakes. So a two actually stresses to an eight, is what I was trying to say. And they grow to a four. While a seven stresses to a one and grows to a five. And depending on what you grow and, and stress to, that will also make you look a little different. Mm-hmm. Um Because I know many people who have the same number as me and don't look like me. And I know many twos that have the same number as Tori and don't look like Tori. (laughs) Um, And so it's just, it's a big dynamic and I really like it. The reason that I wanted to talk about the Enneagram truly was just to share a little bit of why it's been so helpful to me and my family and why I like it. Mm -hmm. Um, So Tori, you know, it didn't click the same way for you and that's okay. Yeah. Um, And, but it was a helpful tool at some things and it probably still does help you understand some people Mm -hmm. a little bit more. It just, it's not the main tool that you use in your life. Yeah. I have really started to understand people so much more because of the Enneagram. So the moment that I found out that there is these different types and they're motivated by something, that helped me understand arguments. It helped me understand um, time management. It helped me understand motivations for pain, for avoiding things, all these different things, even conflict that we've talked about previously in the show um, because we've talked about conflict where the Enneagram cut down on some of the confusion and gave me compassion for my sister, compassion for my mom, compassion for my friends that I didn't have before. So growing up, my mom loved, loved to serve and go places and pour into people and would sacrifice at the drop of a hat. Um, And as I got older, she would even like help me late at night doing different things. She'd wake up early for me, go to bed late for me, help just come alongside me. And I would look at her and go, oh my goodness, Elizabeth, I'm, you're so selfish. (laughs) 
how are you going to be a mom? How are you going to be able to do this? Because your mom stays up till one o'clock in the morning helping you finish your project because she loves you. And yeah, she's choosing to do it, but like she can choose to do it. Or you go and you volunteer somewhere and the event's done and she still chooses to stay another hour to clean up and you're like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. You're selfish. That's, that's what I thought for the longest time. Well, my mom is identified as a two, that helper, that advisor, supportive, and she loves to pour into people. Now, some twos serve more, some twos serve less. It, it, that's not the point. But she's motivated to help and to advise and to support people. I am not. So I'm not going to look like her. Mm. And I'm not going to serve like her. It doesn't mean I won't serve. It just means that my motivation is different. Mm -hmm. My motivation is let's do something new. Let's do something great. Let's move on. Let me accomplish things. Let me have fun. Let me entertain you that I'm not going to be like her. And it brought a certain freedom to also recognize that because she's in my life, I serve more than I naturally would. And that I'm actually more well-rounded because of her Mm -hmm. in my life and actually being able to see it and go, wow, Look who God gave me as a mom, and I'm better for it because of that. And that kind of opened up my eyes to have compassion when she did want to serve and then gave me the right words, the verbiage to say, I'm tired. Can I take a break? I'm not trying to be lazy, like those type of (laughs) things. And then um, I have a sister who identifies as a five, and I would always plan things on the drop of a hat because I want something new. I want to go and have fun. And she needed to think about it and she needed to process it. And it caused a lot of division between her and I Mm -hmm. because I was always putting things on her and not giving her time to process. And then I would get upset that she was upset at me when really if I had just taken the time to understand her, give her time to process whatever it was that I gave her, my life was easier. Her life was easier. And we were able to enjoy each other's time and events so much more. Because what I would do is an event would be coming at 6 o'clock and I wouldn't tell her we were going to go to it until 5. But I knew about it since 1 in the morning, in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. What I needed to do was I needed to tell her right away at 1 o'clock that even though that was still considered spontaneous, it was less spontaneous than an hour. And it helped me to have understanding and to work as a tool works yeah, rather than as something that was causing division because I didn't give her warning or time. And so those are just two very simple scenarios of how the Enneagram has helped me. But I can tell you it's helped me with my friends. It's helped me understand um, ones and my friends that want to always cross the crosswalk. Well, I'm like, well, why can't we cross later down the road? It's just (laughs) as fine because there's a right way to do things in their mind and then how they process and do things. And like the eight always being able to just say what they think and not knowing that they may be hurting you. You know, I can communicate and come back and say, well, hold on. Oh, hey, that hurt me. Hey, hey, hold on one second. Or knowing how to talk to them and go, wait, I can have that same courage. Elizabeth, just say what you think. It's not going to offend them. Mm-hmm. That type of thing has really given me um, a lot of strength in communicating with people. Or knowing why a friend is always, always doing great things. Well, they're achieving And they're looking for acceptance. They're looking for different things. And it's just so cool because you can name it in a good way Mm -hmm. and meet them there. And then on top of it, 
there's so much more to the Enneagram, and one podcast is not enough to dive into it. Oh, yeah. Because um, there's, like, I'm literally thinking there's all these dynamics to the Enneagram. But another thing is, is each number, <laughs> this is the sad thing, it tells you what you deal with. Yeah. It calls out what you avoid, and it calls out a sin. It calls out something inside of you that isn't right, that kind of um, calls you out in a bad way. Like, in a good, bad way. Yeah. I don't like <laughs> that makes sense. like yeah. uh, sevens have a fault, nines have a fault, eight has a fault, one, two, three, four, five, six. Each one of them has this fault, and it it opened my eyes to recognize why I was always praying for self control because the seven deals with that in a in a way. So I'm gonna leave that there, and we're gonna pause here. I think we're gonna come back to you and, and talk about the enneagram again because there's other aspects to it. Um, and you know, it's not for everyone, like Tori said, Mm -hmm. but I think even if it's not for you as your main source of something, I think it'll still help anyone in everyone's life in a way. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm with that. Awesome. Yeah. There are, um, a couple of other podcasts that talk a whole lot about the Enneagram. So if this is like perked your ears and you're like, huh, let me know more. Um, there is a podcast called That Sounds Fun, and she, the host is Annie F. Downs, and she does a whole summer based on the Enneagram, so she dives in. Um, there's another podcast called The Sleeping at Last Podcast, mm-hmm. and he's a musician, so he wrote songs about each number, and with that, he described each number, um, as well as, like, you get to listen to the song, too. So those are just two um, helpful resources, you know, if you're still diving in. Yeah. Yeah. And then two more are also uh, anything from Susan, Susan Stabile. Yes. She's fantastic. She co-wrote a book called um, uh, The Path Between Us or The, the Road, Road Back Between. To, yeah. The, the Road Back to You, I'm sorry, is um, one book. And then there's um, The Path Between Us is another book. And so those are two. I think that's I think I'm saying the right terms but she co-wrote one and then also wrote her own and then another person that i really recommend is your enneagram coach with beth mccord Mm -hmm. um her and her husband have this book about marriage and becoming us is what it's named but then also she is a great resource for taking a test so you can go on your enneagram and take the test um the test is not the best way to identify actually reading one of those books that we've mentioned or listening to a podcast um is actually probably the best way to know Mm -hmm. because it's a discovery of you um telling people what they are is not the point but actually having you discover what you are for yourself. So, you know, for me to tell Tori, oh, Tori, I don't think you're a two. I think you're an eight. That wouldn't be helpful. What is helpful is letting someone discover who they are, right? Yeah. So that was a crazy thing. That would be like Tori telling me, Elizabeth, you're not a seven. You know, like Mm -hmm. it is, or, or someone coming in and you go, oh, I see this, this in you. You must be a three. Well, they know what they're motivated for, uh, by. You may not. Yeah. <laughs> and so even if you see some things, because I'll avoid pain and I'll avoid things and and conflict, right? Well, Tori and I have talked about avoiding conflict. But Tori's motivation for avoiding conflict and mine are completely different. Mm-hmm. Completely different. So, but those are great resources. Um, if you're interested in diving into more, there's a lot there. And we are going to close with a scripture and, of course, our bright and bubbly. But the scripture that I was thinking about is how 
this is a great opportunity for growth and learning. Yes. And in Proverbs um, 1, 5, it talks about um, just specifically that. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance. You know, in Proverbs 1, it actually is introing the Proverbs and why you'd want to be reading the Proverbs. And recently, Tori talked about how Proverbs is where she goes for reading when she doesn't know where else to start. Yes. And so learning is a great place when you need some change in your life. Maybe the Enneagram will be that learning or maybe God's word. (laughs) Um, But it's always good to be learning. Absolutely. Yes. What has been bright and bubbly? Oh my goodness. So one of the girls that I need for the middle child has decided that she loves looking at the old videos and pictures that I take. Um, I love to take pictures. I've talked about that and the girls just love seeing themselves. And so earlier in the week I had let, um, the middle child have my phone and she was looking at pictures and whatnot. And the next day I go back on my phone she had photobombed my whole, like, probably took, like, 50 pictures, and, like, 25 of them are just her forehead, and it was just great, and it was just something where, like, oh, look at these memories. So I was encouraged because, like, it wasn't just me taking fun pictures. Yeah. She did it, and then it was fun because I literally have her forehead and her eyes <laughs> staring at me 25 pictures later. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, my gosh. I love that. Yeah. So what about you, Tori? So I'm going to do a two-parter. So my bright would be, you know, a couple weeks ago, you were on this podcast called The Valuable Voices. (laughs) And I listened to it. And girl, you were dropping truth bombs. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is so great. So I loved listening to you. Um, and what you had to say on that podcast. So it encouraged me. Um, and then my bubbly would be, I just got my lashes done. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> and it was so fun. And it's, I feel so glamorous. So that has been like, it's been super fun. Because I'm like, my lashes look so great. Yeah. So thanks, ooh, sassy, sassy lashes for hooking me up and making my lashes look great. Oh, yeah. I, I came to Tori's house today and I'm like, she has makeup on to record today. Hmm. And then I was like, no, she has it's her the lashes, lashes down. <laughs> I love that. Yes. And I did. I got a chance to um, be interviewed on another podcast, which was so humbling. Oh, my goodness. So <laughs> humbling. Going like, what? Another podcast? It's called Valuable Voices with Miranda Ward. Um, and she's awesome. And I'm really thankful for her. And it was a great opportunity. So thanks for mentioning that, Tori. But, uh, man, thanks for joining us. I hope you were encouraged by this. Um, like I said, we'll probably talk about the Enneagram another time. Yes. Um, it's not everything, but it's something that God's used in my life. So I hope it also encourages you. Go out, be blessed, encourage somebody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.